puck deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Oh, I'm rocking out to the intro. Sorry, guys. What's up, everybody? Just ditching it. Episode 44. Good to be back. It's National Championship Night in college football. I already put two Benjis on Alabama. Shout out to Caesar for the free money. Really? What happens. Yeah. Alabama money line. Can't convince wow. me not to take them. I'm, I'm surprised worried. you're not going to take the spread. There's a free juicy plus three on Alabama right now. It went to plus three. I feel even better about my money line pick. Yeah. Because everybody and their mother's taking Georgia. Yeah. We got Nick Saban and the Heisman Trophy winner. Come on. We'll see what happens. Oh, I, know, I'll probably, I know. I know. I'll probably look like an idiot when this gets released, so it's fine. So okay. I'll make fun a, of me. A, a juicy plus three for Alabama yeah. is fine by me. I waited it out because it was sitting at two and a half. I, I like it. Move. I got. I got. I still got more free money in there. Again, <laughs> shout out to Caesars. You can sponsor the podcast anytime. Please but, um, sponsor the podcast. Yeah, you guys give us a little bit great, of trouble here. Yeah. Great, great platform. Great yeah, platform. I don't, I don't know how you could bet against uh, Saban. And, and Kirby Smart going up against only when they're no, giving no me free money too. Well, that's the thing, right? No disrespect to Georgia; they're an absolute force this year, and I'm probably going to have to swallow these words next week. But I just don't see how you bet against Nick Saban in the national title game. You know what I compared it to today? Last year in the Super Bowl, when it was Chiefs Bucks, and then everybody and their mother was betting on the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I said, "How can I bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl?" To go. That's it. That's, that's it. Because that's yeah. why I did it. Because the thing is. If they lose, they lose. But I'd feel like such an idiot if I bet against Brady or if I bet against Saban yeah. or someone like that, and then I lose because they win every You're time. Just, They're yeah. the goats for a reason. Yeah, 100%. Well, let's get right into it. Excited about this guest. We got another musician to join the show. Good buddy of John Toots Tutors. Everybody, please welcome Pro Social. Jarrell. What's up, guys? Real name, obviously. Love it. How are you, my man? Good Thanks for here. joining us. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Well, I'm going to let Tudes kick off this interview. Usually it's the other way around, but I want him to get going and I'm going to jump in. Cool. I, I got some stuff I definitely want to poke your brain on. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, Benny's the Sweet. music guy, so he's been licking his chops over this one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, just uh, want to check in first, you know, see how see how things have been going on your front. I know we've got some things we'll get to here, but uh, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, give yourself give a little background on yourself. Tell the people who you are, what you do. Uh, okay, my name is uh, Jarrell. I go by Pro Social. I'm a uh, local singer, songwriter, rapper, producer, performer uh, right here in Buffalo, New York. Um, I've been doing this about, I mean, honestly, I've been songwriting for ooh, for well over like probably 10 years. Wow. Um, in high school, I started as like kind of like just exclusively a songwriter, um, writing for other people, writing hooks and shit like that. Um. I kind of really just uh, found my like singing voice. I've always kind of been like a, a bit of a singer. Uh, in college, I kind of just started writing and producing and just getting to it. So, so I don't, uh, I don't know that I ever, that I ever asked you that. But so when you started out just songwriting, was that your, was that the idea, or did you know you wanted to perform yourself? Uh, I think I wasn't like. I think I wasn't confident in the stuff that I would make 
sometimes like when you're a songwriter, you're like really, really confident in something. And like, sometimes you don't necessarily think that you could do it justice. And so you kind of just send it off to someone else. I think that's the mentality that I had for a long time. But um, yeah, I started just like really tapping into like the experiences that I was having in college and just writing about it. And I was like, you know, this is like really unique to my situation. So yeah. Yeah, authenticity right there. Mm -hmm. that's, that's been that's been the key. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, and that through so through college, I mean, I think a lot of people wouldn't guess it, right? With you listen to your album, so first one frequencies 2018, mm -hmm. 2019 in due time. We're gonna discuss the gap here um, mm -hmm. in a little bit, but acapella in college. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that if I didn't know you based off your music, but yeah. what, what is that experience like? Do you enjoy jumping between genres? Yeah, I think um, in college, uh, like you said, I was um, I was in charge of an acapella group for about two years. I was in the group for all four years of college. And um, it was definitely like an interesting experience because not only was I like trying to hone my voice when it came to the stuff that I wanted to write and produce and perform, but, you know, also dealing with, you know, about 13 to 15 other voices and other personalities and just trying to create a cohesive sound while also all of us like doing schoolwork and going out and partying. Like it was, it was a big commitment. And so I think that kind of helped me realize that like, if I really wanted to do this, I definitely can. And so, like, to answer your question, I think acapella kind of built the foundation for me to realize what I wanted to do vocally in my music when it comes to, like, layers, harmonies, stuff like that. So, Where did it start for you in, like, growing up? Who really – I feel like usually artists, they have someone who really nudged them in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. Do you have someone like that in your life? Um, I would definitely say – I mean, most of my friends kind of like anyone that knows me knows that I'm like the music nerd. I'm always like listening to albums, like commenting on music. And so I think in like that aspect, people always knew that music would be a part of my life in some aspect. Mm -hmm. But I think the main person in my life that like always like pushed me to do music was um, my grandmother. Okay. So she um, definitely was like, even at like a young age, like, I would listen to like, um, like Tupac, Biggie, Lupe Fiasco, uh -huh. uh, uh, 50 Cent, Nelly, um, Ludacris. And like, okay. even though she didn't love the music I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. She kind of appreciated like my curiosity when it came to like just rap music, R&B, stuff mm -hmm. like that. What did she nudge you towards? Was there a certain genre she tried to like push you towards or was it just the music <laughs> so she knew that like you know i was a bit of a singer like grew up in like <clears throat> church choirs stuff like that okay and so she always like dreamed her and my mom they always dreamed of me like doing like gospel music stuff uh -huh. like that that makes but, sense for sure you know. did you did it was it always vocal was it always singing and stuff like that and writing did it did you start with an instrument how about any of that uh growing up I kind of dabbled in like a bunch of instruments. I was always one of those people that like, 
I would pick up something and like have fun for a little bit and then I'll just put it down and try something else. I think the only yeah. instrument I really, really stayed with was guitar. Okay. Um, I think I kind of started self-teaching right around like freshman year of college. And so whenever I was in my room, I would just like practice about 20 minutes every day. Um, I kind of want to get back to it because I, you know, if you don't really practice an instrument for too long, you can kind of lose that skill. Yeah. But um, yeah, really fell in love with guitar. Um, growing up, I did a little bit of drums, a little bit of a piano with like music theory classes and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I think um, when it came to like rapping, I think I've always been kind of like into poetry and just like, you know, writing down like what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling. Uh, anybody that knows me knows I'm pretty like uh, vocal when it comes to like issues and just shit that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think me kind of writing like my own little poems and I was definitely one of those people that like I had a little notepad, like just like rappers like J. Cole and shit like that, actually having a notepad and writing shit down yeah. so you remember it. Um, that kind of transition into me kind of combining my singing style with rapping. And okay. I think that's one of the things that kind of sets me apart from a lot of artists. Oh, that's cool. Do you now, as far as creating writing and all that sort of stuff, you know, you mentioned, you know, the actual physical notebook writing stuff down. Do you have any specific things you, you know, places you like to go? Any sort of like, um, I don't know, I think about it from the athlete side of me. I had like, you know, a pregame ritual sort of thing. Do you have something like that for when you're saying like, okay, this is time to, I want to write something. I'm feeling inspired. I want to create something. Um, Usually I always kind of have like a ritual, like I have to write alone. Like I can't like physically write in front of other people. Like okay, it's kind of like a weird little thing that I have. Like I just um focus a lot better when like i'm just in my own space i'm in my own head and i can like have time to like listen to what um either like whether it's a beat that i'm listening to like really have time to like soak that in and you can't really do that when you're like just engulfed in conversation and like people are talking around you and shit like that and so sometimes like I've always had like other artists and like people to like want to collab and meet in the studio and i'm like you know what just send me that and I will get it back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's cool. You know, what works for you, you know, what helps keep you focused and you know, you want to put out your best work. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's weird at all. I respect the hell out of it actually. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, dude, being in studios is fun, right? Like you vibing cool group of people. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. I usually, I usually don't like, I don't bring like more than two or three people to the studio with me. Um, just cause like, you know, try to keep it professional. I don't want to, you know, roll in squad deep with <laughs> yeah. fucking 20 people at the studio, <laughs> but I get yeah, it. Yeah. It's fun. Tunes, what else you got, man? Yeah. I want to, I want to get a little bit into, um, the origin story here. So okay. I've been, I've been thinking about that, right? I've been on this kick lately. I started watching like all the Marvel movies in order. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking like, all right, it all starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Pro-social, specifically, the name. Where does that start? You're sitting down somebody, does that just pop into your head? Is it a culmination <laughs> of ideas? I think, um, so when I first started thinking of a name and I was definitely one of those artists that like, I had a bunch of songs finished and like ready to go. I just didn't have like the structure of like having a stage name and a part of me wanted to like use my actual name. But, um, you know, I was, um, I was a psychology major in, uh, in college and there was this class that I was taking called um, pro-social behavior. And, um, you know, in the class, we talked just a lot about like the meaning of like altruism and the act of doing things for other people and what that actually means and what that entails. And, you know, we looked at like a bunch of experiments. I think a lot of um, people that take psychology in undergrad kind of have this broad idea of what it's going to be. And a lot of times, like, you're looking at experiments, um, finding fallacies, checking validity, stuff like that, um, to prove that it's like a fair test. And so, you know, we would look at all these like scenarios of people, you know, doing something kind for one another. And we would kind of assess if that was like, true altruism? Were they doing that for the benefit of like the greater good? Or were they kind of doing it for selfish reasons? And I think kind of examining what like, it meant to be pro social at that time, I was like, just writing a lot of songs about like, life and love and just um, what I was kind of going through at the time. And so the name pro social just seemed very, very fitting. And it it really still does because um, I definitely think that I am a pretty um, vocal and like open person when it talks about like um, just stuff that's going on in the world. I'm pretty, pretty much of an open book, like when it comes to that shit. Yeah, Yeah, you you definitely are. I know you and I've had some some great Mm -hmm. chats about many many life events and, and situations over the years here and mm-hmm. no, I, th- I think that's so cool too focusing on, on giving back really contributing and things like that 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 kind of brings me to you know growing up in in rochester in western new york and then staying in buffalo what is it about the community here and maybe specifically the music community that really draws you in right because there's so many other places you could go to pursue this dream but you're you're choosing to do it here right i think um the first thing that kind of like captured my eye about buffalo was like i'm a big um i'm kind of like a concert freak like i go to a lot of shows (laughs) um see a lot of artists um and just kind of like capture that energy and i think like the main thing that like surprised me about buffalo is other artists reactions when it comes to performing here you know what i mean and a lot of artists um when they come to buffalo they're very shocked about the amount of people that show up for them the 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 amount of like love and support that they get 
Um, one that comes to mind immediately is like T Pain. Uh, the T Pain concert that happened <laughs> a that couple was years ago. Side, right? That was nuts. Yeah, it was a canal side. It was like over twenty thousand people or some shit like that. Something that you know T Pain totally wasn't expecting at his point in his career at that time. And so you get a lot of artists that come here and you know end up loving it, and it's really just like a, a a blip on the map when it comes to like touring. You know what I mean? We're kind of smack dab in the middle of New York City and then Toronto right up north, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people can easily just pass over Buffalo and you know not even think twice. Right. Um, so that's like one thing that like really really um, made me feel like welcomed. Um, if I were to uh, pursue this music seriously. And then another thing is um, I think the artists here locally, even like, um, you know, the big time artists like the Griselda guys and, you know, all of that. I think everyone feels like it's a very um, close knit community. And a lot of us will like, um, we'll see each other like, performing a lot of us have performed a lot a lot of the same venues and so we'll be on the same ticket um we've all seen each other perform and so it feels like um everyone kind of knows each other and so that's kind of a comforting feeling too yeah absolutely now so sounds like friends in the in the area too are there some rivalries and like the up-and-coming scene here in buffalo too anything we should be looking out for rivalries huh huh I don't know about rivalries. I think it's pretty, Buffalo's a pretty welcoming town to begin with, but I do think like a lot of, um, a lot of times when you have like big success come to a city, um, for example, with like the Griselda guys, I think a lot of times artists might feel that they have to um, either ride that wave or uh, replicate what they do in order to, you know, kind of catch uh, the energy and catch the audience. Yeah. But um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of like rivalry per se, but maybe a lot of like um, people trying to ride the wave that's hot. Which you know, who doesn't want to do that? I right. feel like that's like music and entertainment in general. For almost, sure. No, For like sure. I, you see that in almost every genre. Anything that's popular, it's just like you find this formula copy it till it dies and then the next one starts yeah. and then copy that one and hopefully yeah. along the way you just catch yeah i feel like that's a pretty standard thing but i don't know what one thing i wanted to ask though fresh into a new year i know i've just th- th- through what tutors has told me you got a project coming up but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a second but mm-hmm. long term what are some of your goals for this year and beyond that you want to set yourself up for as it were uh my goals for this year i definitely uh obviously put out this project that i've been working close to two years on um i think that's kind of like the main priority Uh, i have a lot of like interesting features i have a lot of like just crazy producers that i linked up with a lot of like um like heartfelt songs that I don't think I've really like um, explored yet. And so that's kind of at the top of the list um, only because I do think, and even like 
with it being almost two years, um, I haven't gotten like sick of any of the songs. Usually when like I work on a project long enough, I'm always like just ready to get to like the next thing. And this is the first thing that I've worked on that like I genuinely haven't gotten sick of. So I definitely wow. think it's gonna resonate with people. I definitely think um, a lot of people are gonna love it. And so that's kind of at the top of the list. And then um, obviously um, with things being open, as open as they can be, I love performing. I think um, anyone who's seen me perform definitely um, is like kind of shocked <laughs> because um, I kind of have this formula of like doing the rap stuff and then slowing it down and doing the R&B stuff and then picking it back up with the rap stuff again. And so mm -hmm. sometimes uh, people just feel like there's a lot of um, momentum when it comes to uh, the set list that I do. Um, and so I have a lot of like really cool things that I'm ready to perform. I have a show at uh, Nietzsche's on Allen uh, on the 28th of January. Uh, that I'm really excited about. And then um, other things I've been trying to, uh, I've got some things coming in terms of merch um, that I've been working on associated with the project. Uh, I've got visuals, like music videos. Um, I wanted to do a few like um, live performance videos because um, I thought that was something that was like really, really innovative when it came to um, 2020 and artists having to um, kind of roll with the punches when it comes to uh, not having shows and not selling merch and you know us just being shut down for so long. I think a lot of artists kind of had to um, think of other ways to reach out to their audience. And I think live like performance videos was one of those things that like really, really came out of 2020. You're talking about like how like I don't know if you ever seen like uh, a lot of times in the electronic scene with like the company the group Insomniac was doing and like brownies and lemonade like the live yeah. stream shows yeah 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 fucking right yeah like, yeah brilliant idea yeah brilliant idea I dig it those were that was a saving grace for a lot of musicians getting some sort of income to do it because especially in that most scenes like touring's your money yeah it is so that. Yeah, I think it's still and in, but now too, it's interesting, as I'm obviously sure you know, it's like an added part of like the arsenal as an artist, another revenue stream. If you know, maybe you're maybe in your situation, you're trying to finish up a project, you're not ready to start a full fledged tour yet, but you want to perform, maybe test out some stuff, you know, whatever the case may be, that provides a, almost a middle ground for, you know, artists in any space, really, Yeah, I would absolutely. say, especially with music. I agree. Totally agree. Toots, what do you got? Yeah. So while we're while we're on the topic of new music here, mm -hmm. I uh, I reach reached out to a couple close personal friends of ours, and <laughs> we're, we're chatting on the side today. And uh, you know, some things we were kind of wondering: um, what are mm -hmm. your thoughts on releasing a new album coming up here soon? Especially, it seems like not a lot of new music's been dropping recently. So is that a good thing for you? Is it better to drop when a ton of people are also doing it and there's buzz? What What's the feeling there? You know, I think um, a lot of times artists will like 
um, get a little scared when it when they see like who's dropping on the same day as them. <laughs> um, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing because I think um, me as a listener, like I'm 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 a music nerd. Like I every Friday right at midnight. I'm seeing who dropped first, and then right under that, I'm I'm downloading everything else that came out. You know what I mean? If I if I like that artist, like I'm gonna get to it eventually. And so I don't think that like a bigger artist or a more successful artist will take away the shine of um, anyone that's putting out an album on that same day. I think people are gonna get to it, especially if it's good music. But um, I do agree that like not a lot has been dropping lately. I know like December, January is kind of light. Um, most people don't like dropping at the end of the year. Most people don't like dropping at the beginning of the year. Um, so that sweet spot is usually like... The weekend's like the biggest one I in recent memory yeah. almost, right? Yeah. He just did one last week, I think. But yeah. sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, no. Because you got it me was... thinking. You guys got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're saying good, of, they're saying some smart things people, here that I haven't noticed. A lot of people don't really like to drop like end of fourth quarter, like December, and a lot of people don't like to drop January, February. Now, why why is that? Is it based on like when award shows are scheduled and trying to get nominations, or, or what's the reason for that timing? Some well, no, maybe? I think um, I think that time um, usually that gap um the window is already closed for like Grammy nominations. And so I think that window is around like September to submit Mm. for like Grammy nominations. But I think um, holidays could be a part of it. Um, A lot of times like artists don't really like to like admit it, but you know, around December, like people come out with these like best album of the years and like, their top favorite rappers of the year. And, you know, a lot of artists, I think, take that in mind when it comes to the time that they want to drop an album. Because if you drop an album in December, like nine times out of 10, people aren't really going to catch wind of it until January anyway. So, mm, sure. Yeah. Interesting. And then you, you had kind of mentioned earlier. Um, having a period of time especially early on where you had unreleased music weren't kind of ready for it yet i know that's something uh we had a friend of ours xander on who work who's Mm -hmm. does a lot in the electronic space and he had kind of mentioned the same thing like sitting on some unfinished music and then finally you just got to push yourself to release it right like yeah what what does it take to really just pull the trigger and let that go. <laughs> I think, um, well, I can't speak for, uh, I can't speak for Xander, but uh, shout, shout out to Xander. I, I really like his music. Um, nah. But um, I think for me personally, I, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. Like I just, um, I think that like uh, my listening ear uh, is very, I guess like evolving and so like sometimes i'll go back to albums and like uh like it'll totally grow on me and i'll catch like a bar that i didn't hear the first time i listened to it and i think like sometimes the longer you wait and you sit with music the more that you try to like fix it and make it like perfect 
And, um, you know, no song is ever going to be perfect. No song right. is ever going to be like totally finished. But um, I think I've definitely gotten to a point now where I know when enough is enough. And I know when um, something is like ready to be put out. And I think luckily for me, I've had the luxury of having a lot of songs that are just like ready. I just have to pull the trip pull the trigger essentially and i'm glad that you say that because to follow up i, I had mentioned that i <laughs> talked to a couple people earlier so i'm just gonna i want to make sure i get my quotes right here but um dave wants to know why your <laughs> album hasn't dropped yet and then before you answer chase says no bullshit give it to us <laughs> so where well, are we at well dave um dave is actually uh, he's kind of a part of the album a little bit, so I need some I need some stuff from him before the album's like done done. But come on, Dave. But come on, Dave. <laughs> You're up, bud. <laughs> it's not Dave's fault. It's not. Oh, Dave's okay. Fault. But right. fair I, enough. I think it's fair to say, um, like first quarter. My, okay. my birthday is February 27th. I confidently think it'll be out by then, before then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we were just making so, sure, you know, Chase wanted to make sure you weren't playing from Lil Wayne song for the weight stuff. But, uh, <laughs> the album doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... Uh, that's gotcha. I think, I think a lot of people... Are, are super excited for for this project in particular with you. You know, anyone that's followed you through your last couple, I think you see you see the growth. And then, you know, no album in 2020, but maybe my personal favorite song that came out, you dropped on Juneteenth last summer uh, mm -hmm. in 2020, Blade, mm -hmm. um, just, some incredible music so i'm i'm super super stoked about this project so i just had to ask i had to know thank you it's uh it's on the way man it's on the way one it's thing that's on come up that i wanted to ask I, I hear a lot of you talking about your music and you say especially when you started you had a lot of stuff that was just done ready to go are you like kind of a two-parter here are you more of a fast worker when it comes to you know, maybe singles or just like, you know, short individual releases like that. And then is this something new? Cause you said this album's this new one that's about to come out has been about two years you've been working on it. Mm -hmm. What's the dynamic there? What, what kind of change for you as far as, you know, the pace of working on it? Is it intentional or is it just how it's gone? You know what I mean? Um, I think, um, a lot of the music for this album has actually been done for quite some time. I know I've been like mixing and um, like working on mastering it. And so all the fun stuff. Yeah. The, the, the strenuous stuff. Yeah. And it's honestly like, it's my favorite part of like um, creating a project is like, fine tuning those like little things going back and like re-recording with like a different energy and sometimes that takes like longer than the writing process, longer than the recording process, longer than, you know, trying to get all the stems for everything that you need. And like, you know, it's 
I think that part takes the longest, but it's also like the part where some of the best uh, music can come about. And I think um, for a long time, I've definitely been like uh, more oriented towards like just putting out project after project after project, because, um, you know, a lot of my favorite artists, um, I kind of discovered them. And then looked and I was like, oh shit, he has like four albums and I have no yeah. idea who this guy is. You know okay. what I mean? Some of yeah. some of my favorite artists, I've gone back and realized that they've already had this crazy catalog and I'm just getting hip to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um who are some of those so, artists? Oh my god, like the weekend, Anderson <laughs> Pack, yeah, uh, Anderson John Pack. Bellion, um Jid, uh Smino, um who else? That's uh, funny. I did the same thing with Jid, because yeah. he did. Uh, he did. Uh, he collabed with this group, Boombox Cartel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the song Reaper. Great song. Uh, oh, Great song. Yeah, that smacker was just been going on for three years, and they yeah, never yeah. had the vocals for it. So mm-hmm. that was cool to see that one come out. But I'm like, who is this dude? I like. I, I loved the part, and it fit the song so well for yeah. me. Because even it, like, if, even like, um, sorry to cut you off. Even like the no, Griselda guys. Um, they have so much music. They put out yeah. so many albums every year that like, if you're kind of just getting hip to them, you just have so much to dive into so much like music to, you know, consume. And, you know, if I were to cater my music to a listener like me, I think that that'd be the best thing in the world being like, Oh shit, I love this artist. And I have fucking 10 albums to listen to. <laughs> yeah. It's, all, it's almost a nice little surprise, right? Yeah. Like, really I have more of this to dig into. Yeah, it really is. But um, I've definitely been more open to like, um, just like releasing songs and, um, you know, giving people just like a little bit of taste of like what I'm doing. I know that that's like important because sometimes you can't just like go ghost for two years and expect that same energy when you come back. I think a lot of artists um, have that fear of losing the momentum. And so every year, every year, Got to have something, got to have a project, got to have a mixtape, got to have this. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of artists may feel like they're getting burnt out because they feel like they have to put keep up all the time every year, you know? It's interesting. Cause, but, and then you do a, a it, I look at some, like, uh, example for me, one of my all time favorites are the chain smokers. I know that sounds like poppy, but they were going hard way before they started making shit for the radio. Mm-hmm. But they still make awesome music. That's, you know, no way around it. They took like the whole year of 2021 off and they just, they played like their first show at EDC Vegas. And the amount of stuff nobody's heard before in that set was just, and when you're as big as them, it's almost like a strategic move. It seems yeah. like to just like, yeah, we're not going to do anything for a year. We're mm-hmm. going to just send stuff to other people, let it leak out there. You're like, who's mm-hmm. this? What is this? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to kind of walk that balance. That seems like a lot of what you're trying to do now, almost. Yeah, it gives people like the opportunity to, you know, miss you and, you know, yeah. Even like just sit with your the music that you have for a bit. I know a lot of people like um, recently have like gone back and listened to my albums, and they're like, "Wow, like I love this song. Like I didn't even realize like you were talking about this, or you know, so." Sometimes I did that, you gotta I did that today with your music, actually. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, I got to thinking about it. I was like, we're gonna be talking tonight, whatever. And I got excited about the new project, and then I went back and I just like threw some of your old stuff on while I was working. And like, sometimes you hear the same song that you've already heard like a hundred times, and it's just like, well, I didn't catch that before. Mm-hmm. Like, this is different. And it's mm-hmm. like listening to it all over again for the first time. But it yeah. was, it was cool there. And and how did how does your your new project compare to anything you've done before is it stylistically is it similar have you have you changed some things up i don't know how much you want to open up about that stuff um i think it's a lot about um it's a lot more personal i would feel like i definitely would consider um frequencies was like the most fun that i've had on a project because um we just like tapped in with one producer he liked one song that we did sent us a whole bunch Mm. and we just did a whole project off of that and so nice in due time felt like more like um you know it was like my first like solo project and so I felt like I was trying to give like a mixed bag of like, Hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can hop on this kind of beat. I can sing this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think um, this album is definitely a little more um, cohesive of a project. Definitely um, has highs and lows. And what I mean by that is like, um, I think the pacing of a project is important. I think like sometimes a lot of people will, um just have a lot of songs and it'll be like i've got like 15 songs i should probably put this together in some way mm-hmm. um and that's how they do it and that's okay too um because that's that works it's successful you know what i mean but um i definitely think this album uh has good pacing when it comes to um you know song one to song 10 you know you're gonna get a lot of different um a lot of different bars, a lot of um, really cool like melodies. I think one of like the things that I definitely take pride in is um, like I think my vocals sound very good, sound very tight, um, and that's always something that I've tried to um, hone in on because me having like that that acapella foundation and just being like a singer at heart, like I've always like taken into consideration good vocals and so you know whether it's rapping whether it's singing like you're going to hear layers you're going to hear um a lot of ear candy so (laughs) (laughs) love it man one thing i wanted to ask you i I know i touched on it in the beginning a little bit about maybe your creative process you know when you're writing and stuff like that and you mentioned what a music nerd you are i (laughs) mean Do you have, is that how you get into that mindset to you want to do your, you want to work on your stuff? Do you have anything outside of music that you like to do to help find inspiration if you're struggling or kind of get you in the groove? Um, outside of music, I, uh, you know, I try to go to the gym every single day. Um, I'm one of those people that like, I'm not the worst texter in the world, but (laughs) if I'm like, if I'm at work or if I'm doing something like I'm probably not going to respond until late. It's always on do <laughs> I'm not be disturb. Honest. <laughs> always yeah, I'm like, a big do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah. Shit's I hear you. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think, uh, 
part of my creative process, which I think helps me a lot, is um, uh, me being such a music nerd. Uh, I have like these lists that I do every year of like just my favorite albums, my favorite artists. Okay. Um, and so I'm constantly like listening to new stuff, new artists, and like listening to it very critically uh, to like see where I'm going to place it on like a list. And so that always keeps me kind of almost like a journalistic sort of perspective. on it. Yeah. It kind of keeps me like hip to, you know, your ear to the ground and figuring out what's hot, what's new, like what's happening. Mm. Um, So it's music related, but it's like investigative almost. Yeah. yeah. It's it's looking at a different chair in a way. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll feel like, you know, super inspired when it comes to like listening to good music a good album like just perfect fucking sequencing throughout the tracks like you know i get inspired and i'm like wow i want to make something like this yeah so i always feel pretty um pretty motivated to to write at least so what was that project for you in 2021 what was the one that you put your finger on you were like that's it that's that's as close to perfect as you get um hard-hitting journalism from john tudor Dude, I mean, so these, so these lists before before you answer, Jarrell, these lists. So you've seen these like, lists, yeah. And, and so, oh, okay. so Jarrell right. will tweet these out, and like people that we went to college with, it's hilarious when these lists come out. They're like tweeting at him, like, "Yo, when's the list coming out? When's the list coming out?" Like, could, <laughs> you could literally like manipulate every like everyone you know's music taste. Just by messing with him and being like, yo, this is album of the year. What you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty fun. I've definitely like um I've like sent my list. I've like uh when I when I first started doing this, I would just do like top ten or top twenty. Um now I'll like separate it by genre. I have a top twenty R&B, I have a top 20 hip-hop, I have a top 20 EDM, I have a top 20 worst albums, I have like, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, I kind of got like creative with it over the years, and so, people like it, people like controversy, man, people like controversy. (laughs) so strange, that's what it all is, man. People like it, and people love it when they see like an album that like they know or recognize, they're like, damn, like. They can point to it and be like, see, I, they can turn to their buddy. I told you that one was in the top 10. I told you. And, and then you get people that think they have, like, sweet taste in music and, like, their three favorite albums of the year all on, like, the worst. worst 20. <laughs> like, all the top 20, they've never heard of the artist before. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to backtrack and see some of these. I bet I'd be real interested in a lot of those lists, a lot of those yeah. sections. So yeah. before before we move on to, I want to circle back to that question. Did you have one that was like that close to perfect project in twenty twenty one? Yeah, um, I think. Uh, you gonna pull it up? Yeah, let me look. No games here. Let me look. Dude, that um that Tyler the Creator album, "Call Me If You Get Lost." That I guy's that album was that guy's crazy. insane. Mm-hmm. He's so crazy. damn talented. Crazy, crazy. Um, Silk Sonic, I thought was so dope, so dope. Um, who else? Yeah, those those are like those are like my 
probably my two favorite albums of uh, 2021. Was Tame Impala? Do you know who he is? Tame Impala was 2020. 20? Okay. 2020. That one was around, around February. I loved that one because mm-hmm. he was a. Uh, he was an early find for me when I was just like, you know, I'd like listening to Vici and Skrillex and then this Tame Impala guy. I was like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is like that that same kind of electronic feel, but this is almost like I don't know, it was more like singer songwriter feel to it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, I don't know. It was they're, if, they're they're another band that like you click on one of their songs and you just scroll down to the bottom, you're like, Oh my god, they've got like eight albums. <laughs> Yeah, that's so much music. He is so damn talented. That guy, he mm-hmm. he does everything. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. I swore it was early 2021, but that's how the times have been flying. I guess yeah, these past few yeah. years, for sure. Wild. Um, on this theme though, this is this was a question I wrote down because I'm always interested to ask you know musicians this especially. Mm-hmm. All time all time mm-hmm. one project one song one album music video whatever it is that you could not say it's your favorite but something maybe that you can go back to anytime you don't get sick of it maybe you throw it on for some inspiration when you're trying to work on your stuff do you have a piece like that like, even if it's just one song yeah i um and this kind of changes like as I get I'm older. sure. Um, but one song that I go back to like almost every single day because it means like it's meant something different over the over the years. Um, Money Trees by Kendrick Lamar. Oh my god. Money <laughs> Trees I was gonna say if this dude says a song from Mad City, I'm gonna yeah, go yeah. nuts. Was, that's yeah. that's one for me. I can never get sick of that album. But Money yeah, Trees Money. is awesome. Money Trees is like that's a fucking crazy song. <laughs> oh so much of it stuff like that. He's, he's, he's unbelievable. Nuts. He's nuts. What is uh he's got even some of those old mixtapes too. I oh, I'm drawing God. a blank on them, but there's a couple on there. There's a couple of, one had like a yellow cover. Look at the dark. I, I um, if I heard the name of it, I would know, but was it section eighty? It might have been section eighty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got, there was so many, many heaters on that. Yeah. Too many. But Mad City, it's just like, for me, I think of like, it takes me immediately back to my first beater car. Like just, you know, didn't know if it was going to start CD player. I, yeah. you know, ripped the album, put it right on the CD, knocking in the stock speakers, just rattling. Sounded Those are terrible. the good old days, right? Yeah. 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 That's the one for me. Just, uh, Mad City popping right on there. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's great. That's so funny you said Money Trees because I had Mad City just in my head. Because yeah. that, that's one for me, especially in that genre that I always go back to. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Money yeah, Trees. That album is going to be uh, 10 years old this year. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's one mm-hmm. of those things that makes you feel old, right? Yeah, like, big yeah. time. When you <laughs> see one of your favorite albums like that, you're like, Hold, how the hell is this 10 years yeah. old now? Damn. Time flies. Uh, one thing I want to jump into before I know Tudor's probably got a couple other things before we wrap up here. I always like to ask this to, you know, creatives, artists, what have you as well. Think back, you know, younger version of yourself, maybe before you found your alias, your sound, if you will, 
somebody just, you know, they just, they got Ableton, they got Fruity Loops, Reason, whatever, Logic. And they're just like, I want to learn how to do this. I want to try and pursue this. Do you have any advice that you wish you could have gave yourself back at that point? Do you have anything like that that you would say to people just starting out from your experiences? Yeah, I think um, I know like um, me as a person, I'm very uh, present when it comes to like just shit that's going on. And so like sometimes I can get very like distracted, especially when like when shit is hitting the fan. (laughs) I can get distracted. I can get distracted like when I'm stressed and sometimes that causes me to um, waste time. And so I, I would definitely tell myself, um, like a younger version of me, to like take it seriously and start as early as possible and get into a studio and record and fall in love with the process of recording and making your voice sound better. Because the earlier, if I would have did that earlier, I think I would have maybe started doing this like in high school instead of college. Okay. Um, because I, I definitely had like, um, like the confidence and the, the ability to write and record. So I was just like, sometimes, sometimes when you waste time, time flies, you know, you can't get it back. Mm-hmm. Can't get it back. So beautiful. Love it. Toots, what else you got before we wrap it up here? I just kind of had some, some kind of fun laid back stuff, but yeah. Um, I know one thing we had uh, we had joked about at one point because you know you're a big wing guy, so I, <laughs> I won't I won't ruin it here. But uh, you're on tour someday, right? What's what's in your rider? What do you have to have? Non negotiables. Oh man. Um. So if I'm going on tour, every city, and I walk in that green room, there has to be gummy bears in there there has to be gummy bears in there no oh. what uh, kind what the what is the ones in the gold bag like the original the ones yeah, yeah 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 those those um i need at least um like a mini fridge full of water i don't really care what kind of water um what else what else do i fucking love um I would need some wings, not too spicy, because like, you know, you can't sing with like. Yeah, I might. I <laughs> might get those, a little wonky. Mess, you know, I might yeah. mess up Whatever is made locally, or are we talking imported straight no, from Barbell, where you spend imported. half your nights anyway? Uh, I'm talking right. imported right from Barbell. <laughs> there right you go, Barbell. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Vegas. Okay. Imported wings. Mm-hmm. That's a damn good idea, though. I must That's say. not too hard. That's not too I tell hard. You, I tell you what, I'd have a tough time making it out of the green room onto the stage because I'd be like, yo, I got gummy bears, I got a fridge, and I've got wings. Why do I have yeah. to leave? Yeah. Somebody I'm else go. Yeah. Good <laughs> <laughs> stall for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's uh? And then one thing I want to ask you, too, um, I know you said you had some cool features coming up on, on this album, but is there one artist out there dead alive all time doesn't matter if you could have them featured on your song who would that be um i've got a few got all right a few. go ahead um, 
Conway. Conway the Machine. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I love the way he raps. I think he's easily probably one of the best rappers we've got, not just in Buffalo, but in general right now. Um, love his sound, love his style, love the way he raps, his bars. Like Conway is awesome. Yes. Um, another one would probably be uh, SZA. SZA. I think me and SZA would make like a crazy R&B hit. Um, and then last but certainly not least, um, kind of like a generation thing. Like I, I would totally do a song with Nas. Like that's yeah, that's oh, like bu- yeah. bucket list. Yeah. Bucket list. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, he's yeah. like he's one of the only like older rappers that's like still putting out like really 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 good projects like crazy projects just his lyrics it's just incredible like the longevity of what he's been able to do and be so good for so long do you think a lot of that is just like once once you make it the motivation's not there as much like he like he continues to put out great projects and then you get some other you know older or you know, maybe previous generation, you know, talents in there that, you know, kind of put stuff out here and there, not great anymore. Is, is that just complacency maybe, or is it just, no, not, I, think, not um, I think a lot of it is fear. I think a lot of it is like you said, not adapting. Um, I think a lot of um, older rappers kind of see what happened with like, you know, artists like Eminem and trying to work with like the new generation and trying to tap into their sound. And sometimes it's not always going to go over well. And so I think a lot of older rappers kind of feel like um, the young kids don't really accept them. And it's kind of in a vice versa situation too. And, you know, the young kids feel like the old heads don't accept them. And the old heads like hate their music. And so <laughs> I think it's always, I think it's a vicious cycle. Huh? There's always going to be like some doubt for older rappers to try and like get back into a space where they have to fucking post on Instagram and do a TikTok and stuff like that. And so I think Nas is definitely in a space where not only is he like looked up, looked up to by almost every single rapper in the game, but he also can kind of link up with any producer that he wants to and just tap in, you know what I mean? And I think that's something that's like really, really uh, inspiring about what Nas is doing right now is like he teamed up with Hit Boy and ever since, like year after year after year, they've been dropping like classic level music. So. Love it. It's possible. I love it. Sorrel, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was a blast. Make sure to, uh, yeah, before you sign off, plug all your socials, where to find you, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, on um, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Pandora, uh, Tidal, uh, anywhere that you stream, Amazon Music, anywhere that you stream, that's pro social, PR0 social. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is pretty pro social. That's PR0. And yeah, album out soon. 
Sooner than you think. Sooner than you think. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Take care, Drill. Thank you, sir. See ya. See you later.